Hi there, you're listening to the Vitality Podcast. My name is Nat Edwards and it's great to have your company as we explore how to age well. In this episode, we are going to learn about cognition. What exactly is it and why is it so important to continue to train our brains? Our special guest, occupational therapist Sarah Howler, is here to fill us in. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. If you can just tell me a little bit about your background, how long you've been an OT and and why you kind of got into the field. So I'm an occupational therapist, been an occupational therapist for nearly 15 years. I've worked in many different areas. So worked in hospitals and in the community, um, specialised in vision impairment, but then found my way into health promotion because I felt like it was a really positive area to be part of and to work with people in addressing their individual health related goals. What are some of the challenges you face with that? I think, you know, motivation, uh, I think for a lot of people, they want to improve their general health and well-being, but, you know, it's finding that motivation to keep working on improving their general health and well-being, I think is, is the main thing, and making that sustainable so they can have those lifelong benefits. Is it often hard for people in the first place to kind of acknowledge and realise that they might need a little bit of extra help or motivation and how do you sort of help them come to that? Because I guess if you don't want to find help yourself, you're probably not going to try and seek it or or achieve anything in a program. Yeah, so look, I I think it it can be a little bit difficult if if people come in and they, you know, they say, I do all these activities that, you know, help keep my brain active. You know, it is really about them providing that education. Well, how can we improve? And I always say to people, you can only benefit from it. And particularly with Maya and, and looking at cognitive health, it's about boosting that cognitive reserve. So you can always challenge yourself more. And usually, you know, we find that towards the end of the program, people then have that more awareness and more motivation then to make changes. And if they can do that themselves rather than me telling them, then I think, you know, that's very positive in terms of looking after their health. Tell me about the Vitality Passport program and what and why you you sort of got involved in it. Yeah, so, the beginning, my husband actually did a bit of the Vitality Passport program and then he, he got quite busy with a lot of other things. So then he said, oh, you know, would you like to do it? And I thought, oh, it sounded really positive and a different sort of area than I, that I've worked in. So, you know, I felt that, yeah, being part of the Vitality Passport program was a great way for me to, you know, I guess, make positive change in people's lives and to, to improve people's cognitive health so that they're able to do, I guess from an OT perspective, they're able to do the activities that are meaningful to them, that they need and want to be able to do. So it's really that positive aspect that I really wanted to be part of and also, yeah, in helping achieve people's goals. So if someone is part of the program and they come in and see you, just take me through what I guess a, a typical session might look like. Yeah, so in that first session, it really is about introducing the program, the aim of it. Because sometimes people come in and um, they know it's about improving general health, but my part's about the cognition side. So what, what does that have to do with looking at their general health? And so I say to people, you know, our cognition is our thinking abilities that allow us to do everything we need to be able to do and want to be able to do. So I say to people that, you know, to do that, we need to challenge our brain. So it's about providing that brief education, I guess the aim part of my my session, but it's also about, you know, looking at what people are already doing, their lifestyles, their routines, their strengths, what they're able to do, 
and ways to be able to modify, I guess, their existing activities to make them more challenging. You know, we look at specific issues they might have. So some people, a lot of people will say, oh, I've got um, troubles with memory and particularly remembering people's names. So we, we then form our goals based on, on those issues and they do lots of strategies and training in relation to that. So yeah, so when people first come in, it's that initial find out about the person, their history, their lifestyle, their routine, what activities they are doing to help keep their brain active and ways to modify that and then a bit of training involved, reviewing it and then by the end looking at ways that they can keep on keeping their brain active beyond the program. So talk to me about the, this brain training I guess in a way and some of the activities that you might actually do if you are a participant in this program. Yeah so, so with um, brain exercises they will look at specific parts of the brain so some are more memory related some look at more attention so I'm just going to give an example of a very common issue is if people say oh look my memory is not as great particularly with remembering people's names which is a real meaningful significant issue people have then we'll look at I'll look at strategies that have worked for them uh, that we try and I guess be, bring more awareness to that and to practice using those strategies. We look at strategies they've never thought of before and we practice that with memory exercises. So there is an exercise in the program where you try and remember people's names. And so, you know, we might use things like association. So, you know, Sam, you know, he's part of the tennis club or something like that. So using as an association to that person's name, they might know a Sam from elsewhere. So really linking something about the person that will prompt their memory. Verbal repetition, so saying the person's name in conversation is really good, so lovely to meet you Nat. And so then you're really repeating that person's name and prompting that memory. So it's a lot of coming up with strategies and then doing that exercise, setting goals. So it might be remembering people's first and last name, say of half the group and then by the end you know progressively building on that through repetition so that by the end of the program they should be you know we hope that they will remember everyone's names whether it's in the group participants in the groups they're a part of or in that a specific memory exercise we do in the program so we try and relate it back to their everyday life as well so that yeah it, it, it's more meaningful for them. <laughs> I mean a lot of people have trouble uh, remembering <laughs> everyone's yeah, names absolutely. and not necessarily those who are over the age of 65 like the participants are. I mean I can imagine that it could be at times quite distressing for someone who is feeling like cognitively they're not as sharp as, as they used to be. How do we normalise the conversation as well around this? Because it's a, tr it's a tricky one, but everyone kind of goes through it at some point in their life. Yeah, look, ev everybody has experienced, I guess, where their, their cognition hasn't been great, whether we've been stressed or lacking sleep, you know, our concentration, our memory's not there. But it's very common as we get older, and this is very normal as we get older, that we'll experience changes with our memory, our attention, and our speed of processing as well. But it's, I think it's really important for people to realise that everyone goes through it and it's not, and I think um, with memory, particularly with people's names or forgetting words in conversations, I think people are just are very self-conscious about it. And you know, they don't want to forget a person's name, but it, it is about that it is very common. A lot of people experience it regardless of age and that we can come up with strategies to, to be able to help with that. But you know, it's also about looking at our general health and ways that we can, I guess, reduce the risk of cognitive decline as well, and that we can make those um, changes across our, our lifespan as well in terms of 
yeah, boosting our, our, I guess, our brain's fitness. I mean, you've obviously worked in the program for a while, but is there a particular story or client journey that you can recall that really stands out to you as a significant moment? Yeah, look, I, I remember seeing a lady who just thought she she'd always been really bad at remembering names. I'm using a memory name example again, but um, I guess that's why it's so common. <laughs> but you know, she really felt like that there was nothing uh, that would help her with that, and she was doing pretty well with every. You know, she was quite independent, but it was that particular issue. So you know, we looked at you know ways that we could help with that. Um, by the by the middle session, so the second session, she, she felt like you know she still needed to improve, so that's where we really had to reinforce some strategies, put in some new strategies, so modify the training so that we could achieve that goal. But by the end, I remember she came in and she was all excited, so in this particular exercise she had to remember the first last name of about nine people, and she was able to do that, and she was really proud of herself. But not only that, she felt like she was more aware and using those strategies for when she was down the street and, and you know meeting new people, she was able to apply those strategies as well. But um, I think too, in a different um, sense with keeping our brain active, you know, I did have a lady that by the, the, the second session, just with that education of ways to keep the brain active, she was, she, you know, she said, oh, I've joined my, my art club and, you know, and I've also volunteered. And she just felt really um, good about herself. And even, you know, not just cognitively, she said, you know, I feel sharper being able to try something new. I was really nervous. But as a result of that, you know, there's that, those mental health benefits, the physical benefits of, you know, going out and joining a new group, whether it's learning to dance, um, and you know those social benefits. So I have had people that start something new and having those benefits from doing an activity that challenges them um, and having that positive effect across their whole, their whole health as well. That's awesome. And, and for you as a clinician, being able to see that whole process and just see how happy they are at the end and meeting, you know, obviously trying out new things and, and being successful within the program. How does that make you feel? Oh, it, it's a really good feeling, a very rewarding feeling. But I, I, I have to say, if people like come up with the ideas themselves, then I know, uh, like, it, that's a good feeling because I know them, they're motivated, they understand the concept of keeping your brain active. So then I know that they're gonna be able to do that lifelong beyond the program. So if people are able to make those decisions themselves in terms of finding ways to keep their brain active, then that's even more positive and rewarding. So that's the Vitality Passport program side. I wanna delve a little bit deeper, I guess, into cognition and mm -hmm. um, probably the more research yeah, <laughs> side yeah, of yeah, things sure. and scientific side. But, you know, just for those out there who are struggling to understand exactly what cognition is, just take us through a, a basic definition. Yeah, so cognition is, is like our thinking ability. Um, so it's our information processing skills. So we're able to do the things we want to do and the things we want to be able to do. So it encompasses things like our memory. So when we're having a conversation, you know, we're remembering the person's name. It's concentration, so paying attention to what we're talking about, problem solving when things go wrong in your day. It, it's quite varied, so visual spatial skills, knowing how to follow a map. So from the moment you get up, you're using your cognition and you're using all those different abilities in our brain to be able to do those things. So yeah, that's, that's it in a nutshell, really. <laughs> that explains it pretty well to me. Can we influence our cognition? Absolutely, so you can influence your cognition in a positive way, so there are modifiable ways that we can influence our cognition. 
Definitely the first one that springs to mind is cognitive stimulating activities. So these are activities that we enjoy but do challenge our brain. So for example, if you love to do gardening, you could then think about doing a project because that will involve planning and organising, um, visual spatial skills, could be remembering plant names, uh, following advice from gardening magazines, you know, so reading and, and getting all that new information. So using those sort of activities that you are interested in, because you're then you're motivated to do it and you've got that high level of engagement, are going to boost that cognitive reserve, so that brain's fitness. But it's also looking at our general health, so you know, keeping physically active, so exercise boosts oxygen to our brain, promotes the growth factor of brain cells, being socially active, looking at, uh, at our whole general health. So if you've got health conditions um, that aren't managed, that can definitely impact your brain as well, if they're not managed well. So it's good to get go to a GP to, to I guess, get that addressed. Um, yeah, stress, lack of sleep. So it's looking at your general health. And I always say to people, you know, they might come in and say, oh, look, I'm more focused on the physical side of things. But if we're great, feeling great cognitively, if we have a reduction in our physical ability, then that can have an impact on our cognition. So it's looking at it from a holistic approach as well. So I'm someone who loves to do a Sudoku on the weekend. I'm yep. obsessed with Wordle. My husband and I do it every day. I think like that. <laughs> Enough to kind of keep your brain sort of ticking over and exercise it in a different way. Yeah, look, it, it's positive because they are challenging. So I would never say to people, oh no, that's not an that's not enough. It's it's they're great, they challenge your brain. But the idea and backed by research is to do activities that challenge your whole cognitive abilities. So you're looking at a variety of activities. So if you think about learning a language, for example, that's gonna be very different to say doing a Sudoku or a crossword or learning to dance, for example, you've got that physical component. You know, it's very different using different abilities. So you've got to look at a wide variety of activities as long as there's new learning and a challenge there. But nothing wrong with Wordles or Sudoku. <laughs> Good, I'll keep doing that. But you know, I do have people that just love them so much. So I will make suggestions like try a different brain game or you know, do the next level of difficulty. So you can always do next level difficulties with Sudoku's and crosswords. But you know, looking at a variety of activities is really important too. So the big question I have is how do you actually measure cognition and then I guess the progress of, of the clients and the participants? Yeah, so we've done um, standard tests. So there are a range of them. So a lot of people will experience, you know, when they go for the health check of the GP, they, uh, one of the widely used one is the mini mental state examination. So that's looking at individual cognitive abilities. Um, you get a score. What we have used in the program is what's called the Montreal Cognitive Assessment or MOCA. So that's 10 minutes. It looks at things like visual spatial skills, memory, attention. So a lot of questions like, you know, can you remember these five words? And, you know, and I'll ask you again a bit later. So it's out of 30 and if you get a score under 26 then maybe there's some cognitive issues which can be due to some reasons like the nerve, nerves of the person at the time, the stress or lack of tiredness but you know it is, I always say to people that's a good chance to go to your GP and just see if there's any other health reasons that could be accounting for that. Um, so, so that's a good measure because you can do that at the start and do it at the end and compare the score. Um, with specific goals that people have, we can do a measure. So if, if it is to try and improve their memory with people's names, for example, then you could do an exercise where they're trying to remember uh, so many and see if they're able to do that at the end of the program a bit more 
um, I guess, in terms of the number of people and efficiency as well. But yeah, there are definitely a lot of standard tests out there that do measure. So if there are clinicians out there who are thinking maybe they'd like to get involved like you do, I guess, is there any research background behind the, the program that you can kind of speak to? Yeah, so I guess um, with the program that like they have shown that there are some positives in relation to all the areas in terms of, you know, looking after, yeah, improving cognition, um, physical and nutrition health as well. But in specifically with relation to the research in terms of what I do, you know, definitely there's a lot more research that needs to be done in this area. But the Global Council on Brain Health in 2018, they released a document to say that Cognitive stimulating activities, so those ones that challenge, that are individualised, have meaning for people, they're going to, they're likely to increase your cognitive reserve. Um, so your brain's fitness has also reduced the risk of cognitive decline and reduced the severity of symptoms associated with brain-related changes. So there are a lot of longitudinal studies that have been done. So, you know, there's one that suggests that by doing those activities, you can potentially delay the onset of Alzheimer's disease by up to five years. And those that do engage in those activities are less likely to experience cognitive decline by half compared to those that do less of those activities. So there's a lot of evidence with, with that sort of component of, of the program. In terms of there needs to be more research into that, like I can't, we can't research every single activity. It's really individual based. So I guess it is about what they suggest is doing a range based on your individual needs, what you find challenging and enjoy, but doing it lifelong. So dosage requirements, there still needs to be a bit more research into that. Um, but that's what they suggest and have enough information together to make that, that sort of correlation. But in terms of brain training, you know, the, you know those brain training games apps, not all of them are researched. And, but what people find is like if you love Sudokus or you do Wordles, then you're going to get more efficient at that um, and, and what that targets. Um, and that cognitive ability. So, but whether that relates to you being able to do other things in your life a lot better, that's something that needs to have more research. And finally, before we let you go, if there is someone out there who's watching this and thinking, is the Vitality Passport program for me? I'm not sure what I want to do. Like, do you have a message for people who might be considering joining? Yeah, look, I think the program's good for everybody. <laughs> um, I think um, I say to people that you can't lose with joining this program because it's very positive. It's about looking at you as an individual and what we can do to improve your general health and well-being. So whether you're an active, very active person, but you want to be able to maintain that active lifestyle and general health, or you're a person that wants to improve it, or you've got specific cognitive issues, you know, and already have cognitive issues that you want a bit more support with. You know, we've had people come with carers or spouse or friends. You know, I think a lot of people can benefit from it. So not one particular person. Thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. Great to chat. Thank you for having me.